Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Three, two, one, zero. Hello, welcome to episode 137, Credit Scores. Hey Money Clan, a very warm welcome to the Chain of Wealth podcast. I'm your host, Dennis O'Brien. And I'm Katie Walsh. So Katie, today we're going to dive into credit scores and chat all about them and what goes into them and really help people get an understanding. I'm sure at least one person just went, ugh. (laughs) Because I feel like there's such a negative rap when it comes to talking about credit scores then. Do you really think there is? Is it such a sensitive topic? I do. I feel like people either have a really great credit score or a really bad credit score. I feel like there's not a whole lot of in between, at least with people that I've talked to. Yeah, I think there's like quite a bit of confusion as to what goes into them and everything. So yeah. And I think the people with great credit most of the times have great credit and they're not really sure what happened, like how they have it. And I can totally say I've been in that boat. I had good credit and I was not sure how that happened because I had no money. Yeah. And then there are other people who have terrible credit and they because they've made a couple of mistakes, but they're at least working towards getting it higher. Yeah. So just kind of like all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's going to be really exciting to dive into and let people know exactly how it works. Before we dive into our episode, we would love if you guys join our Facebook group. You can head on over to chainofwealth.com slash group. It's a community of like-minded people looking to achieve their financial dreams. And if you have... Any credit score questions, you can definitely ask. All right, you ready to dive right in? Yes. Awesome. Let's do it. Welcome to Chain of Wealth. Here's your host, Dennis, inspiring you to begin your journey of financial freedom. Kate, today is all about credits, and I think no better way to dive in than to chat all about what the scores are. So, real quick, top of your head, do you have any idea what is bad credit? Yes, I do. But only because I have done a lot of research on this. Because there's bad credit, fair credit, okay credit, and then excellent credit. And I know the bad credit is typically... I think of it more not as numbers, but more colors, if that 
makes sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Now that I say it out loud, it sounds a little ridiculous. <laughs> um, binoculars, red, orange, yellow, green is the tippy top. Yeah. Um, I would assume that bag credit or the credit in the red would start off at the lowest, which is 300. Very good. Yep. Starts with 300. And then I want to go say it goes until about mid 600, maybe a little lower, maybe 630. For poor credits. Yes. Bad credit. Yeah. It's about 580 or so. And roughly about 17% of people have got poor or bad credits. So the next tier after that is fair credits, and that's about 580 all the way through to about 670. Mm-hmm. And about 20.2% of people are in that range. So how many people are in the two bottom ranges? So two bottom ranges, we've got 37.2%. So a lot of people. And so in that in the second one, which is considered like fair credits, those people are considered to be subprime borrowers. So these are the people that had all those bad loans when the financial crisis starts. Ah. Yeah. Okay. So, so you want to be on the good to excellent side. Yeah. And, and good credit starts at about 670. And that runs all the way through to about 740. And mm-hmm. then very good credits is from 740 to about 800. And then the people that are going to get the best rates are from 800 to 850. Okay. And interestingly enough, 20% of people actually are in that top tier. So really? it is actually a bit more achievable than what you think it is. Okay. Well, that's good to know that it is actually achievable. And it's not one of those things like, yeah, well, one day, you know, maybe I will meet somebody who has that kind of credit. Yeah. So No, for sure. So just real quick. Those scores that I just read out were for the FICO scores. There is also um, the Vantage score. And I think there's one other credit score, if I'm not mistaken. Those are the three major ones in America, though. Um, so, yeah, like what goes into the credit score, Kate? So, I know that is paying your bills on time. Mm-hmm, that's probably the most, most important. important. And I want to stress... That paying on time and paying with that grace period are different things. You are meant to pay by the due date. Yeah. The grace period, I don't want to say that it super affects your credit score. It's just not, it's frowned upon. I'll put it that way. So... Think of it as back in school when your teacher told you that something is due on this day. That's the day that it's due. If you turn it in a day late, you're going to get a point off. And it's the same thing when it comes to paying your bills in regards to your credit score. Yeah. And, you know, sure, once or twice isn't going to be a huge distinguishing factor, but if you make it a habitual routine of paying in the grace period or even accidentally missing the grace period and now you're late that does hugely affect your credit score right um probably the second most important thing is the total facility you have and no hold on break that down because that's like confusing yeah and and what percentage of it you're using so it's sort of like what so there's a couple of different buckets, but firstly, what type of debt do you have? 
So is it credit card debt? Is it student loans? Is it a mortgage? Is it an installment sale agreement like a car loan? What type of debt do you have? And how old is that debt? So age comes into into play and age is a very important one as well because the older your creditors, the older these credit lines are, the more worthy of a borrower you are because you've kind of proved that you have the ability to have this money and you're not abusing it. Kind of like tenure in, in a job, like you've kind of climbed up through the ranks. Yeah, you've climbed up through the ranks. So okay. having this sort of um, facility available to you and not going crazy and not blowing it is really important. And that sort of leads perfectly into the allocation. So how much of your facility are you using? So one thing that you probably want to do in a perfect world is you want to have lots of different streams of credit or credit lines and you want to have them as old as possible so that's why it's really important opening up a lot of accounts while you're younger because you want to sort of get all these accounts that can start aging together and you're not going to have you're not going to really be impacted should you all of a sudden want to open up a new account and having a lot of accounts like that's going to boost up your um your your greater facility so the higher your facility um I think the top tier is maybe if you've got more than about $50,000, um, in which case there's no point in getting any more credit at that at that stage. Okay. So I'm going to assume that certain things don't really go into your credit score, obviously, like your race and y- your gender and your age and stuff like that. What about how much money you earn a year? Does that go into your credit score at all? So interestingly enough, the amount of money you're earning doesn't actually contribute directly to your credit score. However, lenders may take this information into account when making an overall approval decision. So as an example, if you're trying to buy this really expensive car, but you're only making $10,000 a year, they're probably going to deny you because they're going to say you don't have any income coming in. But look, that being said, if you prove that you have assets that are worth like a million dollars, they don't really care as much then. So basically, if you're working at a fast food restaurant, you're probably not going to be approved for a loan to buy a Lamborghini. No, you you probably (laughs) won't. (laughs) Okay. Um, So my next question is, when talking to people... You hear the terms hard pull and soft pull when talking about their credit. Right. Now, let me make sure I get this straight because I remember talking about this a lot when I got my house. Because when I bought my house, they told me to do all of my mortgage shopping within two weeks because they would do a hard pull on my credit. But no matter how many times it was hard pulled in that two-week period, it would only affect it like one. Correct. So it is reasonable to assume that you will shop around. And in fact, people encourage you to shop around when you are trying to get approval for big items like a mortgage. So they will only impact your credit score once with a hard pull within a certain period of time. And that's why if you are opening more than one credit card, sometimes doing it very quickly um, within like maybe one cycle or within like a couple of days, that may actually make more sense. Okay, so what are some different things? So a mortgage, 
a new car loan and I want to say probably like renting a new apartment, those would be hard pulls. What are some examples of a soft pull that they, meaning it doesn't really affect your credit score? So a soft pull would be something like if you're trying to get a new cell phone plan or something like that. It's it's a pull of the credit, but it's not normally a hard pull. So they don't expect there to be like a massive amount of decision-making going in. They're just trying to see if you're a reasonable human being and you're not going to steal their cell phone. Okay. So, <laughs> um, it's not as much of a bigger pull. But to be honest, I think a lot of people put a lot of emphasis on um, credit pools. It's not really that big of a deal. It's and, only like a couple of points, right? Yeah. Like, so it really only honestly, matters even, if you're like on the border. Even if you max out all your credit pools, which I actually did quite recently. I, I had like um, seven credit pools in a two-year period. Um, it doesn't play a major a major factor in terms of your actual credit score. Like, yeah, you're not going to score well on that factor, but it's not a highly weighted factor. So I honestly wouldn't worry too much about credit pools. Okay. One other thing that I'd like to bring up as well is just like making sure that you are safe from identity theft. So you want to really be monitoring your credit score and making sure that there's nothing strange that's popping out on it. Um, If you have a credit card, most credit card providers these days provide you with a monthly credit score. So if you just log on to your online banking, you can only just- so easy. Yeah, you can only just check out your score right there and it's updated monthly. And even if you're using an app like mint.com, they actually will notify you when there's a new score available. So super, super easy. It really makes it much easier nowadays to check that kind of thing. Just before we recorded this podcast, we were talking about credit scores and we both went and checked on our American Express account what our credit scores are. Just, you know, when in Rome talking about it, maybe I should check it. Yeah, why not? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So one last thing I wanted to talk, well, I wanted to actually ask you because you really impressed me a while ago. When you first moved to America, you were so excited about credit. And I remember one of the first things we actually talked about, maybe this is like a little bit of foreshadowing our personal finance podcast. But I remember you talking about credit and all you had to do to get a credit card. So can you give a little advice then to somebody who maybe just moved to America and they're wanting to get a credit card, but they're not sure what route to take? Yeah. So the most important thing is to just try establish some kind of a credit profile. So you want to try and open up like a department account or anything like that. Um, Typically though, it's very difficult to get unless you don't have some kind of a credit history. So what I had to do and what a lot of people do have to do is take out a secured credit card. So what a secured credit card is, it's actually a tool to build up a credit um, history. You're able to, you're literally able to put money down and treat it like a debit card. So um, you'll pretend like it's a credit card, you'll pay it back in full against money that you've put down. Um, and one of the most important things there is just to make sure you never really exceed probably about 10 to 30% of your total facility. Um, just to prove that you're like a responsible user, 
that you're using the car, but you're not going crazy and like blowing it all. <laughs> so like buying gas uh, or like- Yeah, something small like that. Or, okay. I mean, even if you do want to put a lot more money down, um, you can put as much money down as what you want. Um, then you can maybe have a higher limit and you can start earning some points. So that's something that I did. I put a lot more money into my card and then I started just using that as a sort of debit card that was earning cash back. I seem to kind of remember that. Yeah. <laughs> but- Okay, so from what I got from this conversation, uh, you want to try to be in the good, if not excellent, range for your credit score. They do not discriminate against like your race or your gender or your age or anything, but you do want to have your accounts open as long as possible because that will help determine, um, like kind of like your tenure. Yeah, how I think of it. So if you can avoid closing credit cards and line of credits, you should avoid doing this. Okay. And last but not least, pay your bills on time. Probably the most important. (laughs) (laughs) I saved the best for last. (laughs) Uh, Pay your bills on time, not by the grace period, but by the actual due date. And make sure you are checking your credit score regularly yeah so if you guys have got any questions about credit we'd love to hear your thoughts you can hit us up it's info at chainofwealth.com you can also reach us on twitter it's at chainofwealth on twitter don't forget to subscribe rate and review catch you on the flip side As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.